What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. As usual, I'm Kyle Corbus. I'm super excited for today. Uh, I stumbled across this guy a few months ago, uh, probably longer than that. I'd probably say like six to a year, somewhere in that range. Uh, Jake Jacobson's on the show today, uh, Nevada native, and I'm super excited to talk to him and to hang out with him a little bit and talk about his music. And he just put out a project this past year, and and uh, he's super cool. And if, if you love country music, like I love country music, you would love Jake. So Jake, thanks for coming to hang out with me. I appreciate it. Uh, you're a cool dude. Great head of hair. I'm excited to talk to you today. Hey man. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, likewise, I've, I've been following your page. Um, I don't get on social media a lot. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I see your posts and uh, I, appreciate that. I, I, I like what you got going on. So I'm happy to be a part of it. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Cause I put a lot of work into this thing and uh, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to have someone who, uh, who says, uh, good job. You, know, you don't look for it, but every once in a while when you get someone who says, good hey. job, makes you feel good inside. Let's be honest. Come on. Um, it's a bonus. That's right. It's a little bit of a bonus. Um, so, so like I just mentioned, you're from Nevada. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, um, uh, it threw me off when I learned that out for the first time, because like you kind of throw off this like Texas swag sound kind of thing and i think it's really cool that you're not from texas not that i'm dogging on texas some of the best artists come out of texas but it's really cool when you have someone who uh sounds a certain way and likes a certain type of music and dresses a certain way but yet they're from a totally different part of where you think that they're from like if i dress that way i mean one i live in suburban new jersey right if i dress that way people will turn their heads like let's be honest but where where are you in new jersey uh, Bergen County, so northern New Jersey, right outside New York City. I got a ton of buddies that are from Middletown and Red Bank. I love that. Yeah. I know some people from Middletown, and yeah. I know some people from Red Bank. We used to wrestle them in high school. We used to go kick their ass. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's perfect then. <laughs> how do you how do you meet people from New Jersey if that's where you're Man, from? I'll tell you what. I, I don't go into this a lot because uh, I don't want it to be the main focus of my career, but sure. I think it's definitely a really cool part of you know who I am. Sure. So I was on uh, the U.S. national team for trampoline. I did know this. A long time, for six years. And um, he was kind of like my arch nemesis, but my best friend at the same time. Oh, uh, he's, from, he's from up there, really cool place called Elite Trampoline Academy. Nice. They uh, they produced an Olympian um, and actually two, I, two Olympians, an Olympian and Olympic alternate maybe. I can't remember, but uh, – Really great program, and uh, a couple of my best friends are from there. He lives down in Huntsville, Alabama right now, which is funny because he's training with my old coach. Cool. Um, from when I was, you know, toward, kind of towards the end of my career, I, I moved to to Alabama and stayed with the host family so that I could uh, get better coaching and mm-hmm. uh, really improve and, and be the best that I could be. And cool. now he's down there at that gym that I used to be at. So nice. that, that, that's kind of, you know, I did that from the time I was five until i was 17 i would say so four to 17 13 years cool and um so i mean i've got friends all over the place i've lived in california nevada uh indiana new york alabama i lived upstate in uh, lake placid for six months cool but after i got done with trampoline i i decided that i wanted to have a normal kind of a normal high school experience Mm -hmm. and uh because i never really got that uh, I was training so much and I never really had 
a lot of time to hang out with friends and sure and stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of be a normal kid, if you will. And uh, I played football and basketball and baseball in high school. And we moved cool. back to the town that I grew up in. And after that, I, I found out, you know, I've been getting kind of hassled by the U S ski team uh, for me to come try aerial skiing because <laughs> I grew up, you know, in the Reno area and yeah. it, you know, less than an hour from Lake Tahoe where some of the best skiing in the world is. And um, so I, you know, grew up skiing and they're like, well, you can flip on a trampoline, you can ski. Why don't we put the two together and, and sure. see what happens? I like the, so, I like how you make it seem so easy, by the way. I just you know, and I, I struggled with it, man. I struggled with it. I, I, I definitely was not as good of a skier as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it just wasn't the best fit for me. So I decided that I was going to move back uh, to my hometown and, and chase my longtime dream of being a sports broadcaster. <laughs> Well, I'm, I hate to break to you. I had a dream of that too. And here we are. So, you know, man, Hey, it, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do believe now after going through so much, I, I changed my major four times in junior college, never graduated. I mean, I did journalism. I did uh, English. I did general studies and I did ranch management because you uh, know, at the end of the day, I, I wanted a cowboy yeah. and I figured that was, you know, the best way to get into it. Cause we had horses growing up, but, we had to sell them to, you know, pay for stuff. And, um, so I didn't ride for like seven, eight years and then got back into it in college and, and fell back in love with, with horsemanship and, yeah. and ranching and, and stuff like that. Cause I grew up in a ranching community, sure. um, up in Northern California that, you know, everybody thinks that California is, you know, beachy and no, it's nothing but the coast and, and highway one oh one And that's all that it is. But Man, California is like 90% agriculture. Oh, yeah. And like half of the nation's, you know, uh, grain and fruit and vegetable and food supply comes from the Central Valley of California. Yeah. And I grew up way up north in the mountains in a really tiny town in Plumas County. You're a mountain uh, kid. Yeah. Most most famously for having that big old wildfire called the Dixie Fire blow through it that's through right. some of that was about 40 miles from the town I grew up in. Wow. Uh, I had a lot of family friends and friends that, that lost their houses and lost their farms and stuff. But um, it's, it is a really beautiful place to grow up. And I was very, very, very blessed to, to yeah. call that place home. And uh, But now I'm, I'm back in Reno. I was born in Reno. I live in Reno, kind of in the North Valleys area. Uh, I like to be away from the main city because, you know, in the career that I have, obviously people are a large part of it. Sure. While I love meeting people through music and yeah. you know, connecting with fans or, you know, people who are just listening to me for the first time. It is extremely nice to be able to get, get a break. It, it's nice to get a break. My folks live uh, in Northern, Northern Idaho. Uh, we got a big farm ranch up there. And so that's kind of my retreat place yeah. when I need to really get away. That's my second home. I go up there and, and hang out with my folks and uh, my younger brother lives up there as well. He, he works for a pretty badass outfitter cool. uh, in, in the fall and winter time. And then he runs a ranch in Montana in the summer. So wow. he's a, he's a real deal, man. My brother's, my brother is about as Cowboys Cowboy gets. That's awesome. That's, um, a, that's cool. You guys, you guys got, got a lot going on. I think it's really cool that you have all that you've been able to be to all these different places and, and have all these other experiences, right? Like sometimes I feel like we sit here and, and I talk to people and, and you don't realize that like people have lives outside of music, right? Like I have 
I, I'll be honest. Like I work in sports day to day. Like that's what I do. And what do you do? I, I I'm a graphics producer. I'm, oh, that's sick. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool, right? But like there 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 are a lot of people that I work with that are super passionate about sports. Like that is that is their drive for life. That is all they want to talk about all the time. Um, and you know, a lot of them. A lot of people have a lot of different hobbies too. And you only find that out when you talk to people, right? So like, it's funny because, you know, what drives my life is this and music and, and, and that's what gets me excited. So it's funny, like when people forget, like when I talk to an artist, right? Like everyone's got a ton of different interests, just their main focus is being in music. Right. Um, So it's cool to hear you say that, like you've gone to all these different places and you were on the U.S. national team for trampoline. We're going to get all into that because I have no idea what that life is like, but I think it's sick, right? So um, when I read that, I was like, this is a cool angle. Like we're going into this. So like, so I think that like all these things are really cool that make up your artistry and and all these different experiences. Like you said, like you've, you've lived in all these different places and you know, you have a place that you love and that you call home, but you have all these friends from different walks of life and that helps your songwriting. I mean, it, it helps you see that there are other things out there than just Reno, Nevada or, or, you know, we're, 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 you know, wherever. So um, I think it's really cool, but let's, let's circle in. Cause I, I'm really interested in talking about this. And I, I think it's a really cool thing. So trampoline, right? Like when I was a kid, I loved jumping on trampoline, <laughs> yeah. but every, every kid does, right? every kid does. Cause every kid wants to go so high, but I was an athlete, right? Like I, I played baseball growing up. Um, I wrestled for a really long time. And, and so, so I was an athlete but I wouldn't say there are some things athletically that I was good at. And then there are a lot of other things that I really struggled with that. One of those things was like being able to do flip front flips and back flips and like off diving boards and trampolines could never do them eventually stopped Cause I thought I was going to get hurt that type of deal. But like, how do you, if that's such a niche thing, like that is not like a, a, a you know, a, a major sport that people are like, Oh yeah, this is what you're doing. Like, how do you get involved in that? Is there, is there, like, is there, do you, did you have a team like in your high school or is it all just com- like outside competitive? Like, how do you get involved in that whole thing? How do you even figure out that you're good at that? Yeah, man. So my mom, my mom was a gymnast as a kid. Nice. And uh, when she turned 12, she hit her growth spurt. My mom's five, eight <laughs> gymnasts are not tall. Sure. Right. So as a 12 year old at five, eight, my mom was like, I, I can't do this. Right. So they, had introduced her to trampoline briefly and you know she kind of left the sport and then you know many 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 years later came back and uh, she opened her own gym in the in the tiny town that i grew up in and, mm-hmm. and had a couple of athletes that really took more to the trampoline than you know the the traditional uh, what we call artistic gymnastics events sure. um and you know growing up in that environment all i wanted to do was just jump on a damn trampoline man sure. that's, that's all i wanted to do and the the other part of it was is as i got older i started competing at five i won my first national championship when i was five years old and you know after that you're a prodigy it, it was kind of like well you know I, I was blessed with this ability to to do this sport i have yeah. still to this day man i've got ridiculous air awareness i like i can go do I've got a buddy who's a, who's a pilot, yeah. an F-15 pilot, and he also does acrobats in his plane. You know, you got to sit in there and wear a parachute and everything just in case, but he, he would take me up and, you know, he'd do it a, a massive rise in the plane and I'd be huh. fine. 
I'd throw like, up. I can, take, I can take G-Force more than the average human being. That's right? wild. Um, because we, you know, at, and, you know, I'll get into this a little bit more, but growing up, like we got to do a bunch of really cool stuff with like sports scientists sure. and like, like when I was on the national team, we went to the air force Academy in Colorado Springs and they did a bunch of tests on us to see what varies between like a trampoline athlete and a fighter pilot. Yeah. Like they put these vests on us. They tested our reaction time. They tested our peripheral vision ability. Um, and it was very similar. Sure. And like they did a bunch of stuff with us and then compared, you know, with the fighter pilot and then an F1 driver and like reaction times and, how many G forces your body withheld at the bottom of your bounce, like just all this crazy stuff. And so now like to this day, I don't get dizzy. I can like spin around in circles, spin around circles and I don't get dizzy as the more that I've been away from the sport. I will say I am, you know, becoming a little bit more human. (laughs) Um, But man, it's like riding a bike. I haven't, I haven't jumped on a trampoline in probably five years. Wow. But, you know, three years ago or five years ago, the last time I did, I'd been out of the sport for three years. I walked on and I could still do 85% of the skills that I could do before. Wow. And, you know, being a trampoline athlete, your endurance and your um, cardio ability has to be peak, right? And it is a very niche kind of thing. But the crazy thing is, is you put a gymnast – or a trampoline athlete or somebody in that lane into a regular, you know, a, a, a regularly known sport and they'll compete. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. I mean, I played soccer, baseball, you know, a little bit of lacrosse here and there played, you know, pretty much every sport I could get myself into because I just love sports. Yeah. And like, I would, I ran circles around kids on a soccer field. I ran, you know, it, because of the physical fitness that I was in yeah. from this incredibly demanding sport at a sure. very young age. And I'm very blessed to have had that ability because like I said, you put a gymnast, a trampoline athlete, anybody into, into a regular sport, they'll compete, right? Yeah. It won't, it won't be like a fish out of water. You, if they have any hand-eye coordination, anything like that, they'll be able to do something. Right. Sure. But you take, you know, LeBron James and put him on a trampoline. And I guarantee that would be the funniest damn thing I have ever seen. You wouldn't seen. be able to do it. You wouldn't be no. able to do it. Right. Or, or on a, on a pommel horse or on a rings or uneven bars or floor exercise, any event, you know what I mean? So growing up in that environment, not only helped me athletically, but it, you know, it taught me teamwork and leadership and how to follow directions properly and uh, respect. Yeah. And, you know, all these things at a very young age. And I'm very thankful for that because that has made me be able to succeed as an adult. Sure. And I think that's just the, and not just trampoline, any sport, that's that's the things you learn, right? Yeah. You learn how to work with all the others. You learn how to respect authority figures. Totally. And, you know, it, it preps you the, in the best way for adulthood, in my opinion. And I think athletics are, uh, they should be a part of every kid's, you know, I agree. upbringing and, and I may be biased, but I really, I really don't care, man. And as a fifth grader, my first, one of my first international competitions, I got to go to Amsterdam. That's cool. And in fifth grade in America, the big topic learned about is the Holocaust, right? Yeah. Fifth grade, you know, everybody learns about the Holocaust. 
either fourth or fifth. I think it was fifth. But while my class was learning about the Holocaust, I was in the Anne Frank Museum. That's wild. You know, just those kind of experiences are completely unmatched. Yeah. Because my dad was a history teacher. My dad's a history geek. I love history. Yeah. And getting to see these things firsthand was just an, an, an absolute unbelievable experience. And I wish that I would have been a little bit older and I could have appreciated a little bit more because, you know, as a 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old, you're like, yeah, sure. this is cool. Whatever. Let's go get some ice cream. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean, so while I was very blessed to be able to travel the world at a young age, I, the biggest thing that I'm thankful for about this sport is it taught me that you can be the most talented person on the planet, but if you don't put in the time, you don't put in the effort, you don't put in the work, you will not be successful, man. Right. And I think that, you know, and I'm not, I try to be as, as humble as I can because humility is a large part of success. And, but I do think that I, I have an advantage, you know, o- over other people at my level doing the same thing that I'm trying to do. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is country music, man, there's, there's unlimited acreage at the top, right? You can have as many people at the top of, at the top of music that you can't where as I grew up was there's only one gold medal, right? There's only one bronze medal, there's one. But here, everybody helps each other and you're working towards a common goal. Hundred percent. You want to lift other people up, but I also want to surround myself with people with the same mindset as me. Yeah. So you know what I think is great is that I think it's great that one, you mentioned the athletic thing. Like, I think that that is, and I've said this before, it's totally important in some aspect, do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be a school, like, like functioned athletic, like it does, it just do something athletically because for, for multiple reasons. But I think the biggest one is discipline. I think that athletics brings you so much discipline, teaches you how to respect people, obviously. But I think that there's a, a massive discipline factor to athletics, especially at the level you, you competed at you in particular. I mean, listen, I, I only competed through high school, but even that, like it was all discipline. Right. And like, it's the same thing, right? Like it's, it's, it's the same, but like for you, it's obviously, you know, you're traveling and you're, and you're high profile and you're working with all these things. And, and so there's a huge discipline factor to it, which I think is important, which I think, I mean, I would say personally in my, in my, as I've gotten older, it's only helped in terms of what I'm able to get done during the day and, and where I focus my time and nose to the grindstone type deal. And I think that in terms of music, it's probably helped you too, because you know, exactly like, this is what I have to do this week. This is my focus. Like, let's dial in, let's do it. And without that, if you grew up and, and your parents were like, yeah, go do whatever you want. Like you don't value the art of hard work until you do something that causes hard work. And I think that being an athlete, especially as competitive as you were and, and, and in a very high level competitively, I think that in terms of your music, that drives you, right? Because you have a goal in mind and you're right. You're totally right. Like, like country music is this overarching bubble and there's all these people and I'm not going to, I'm not, don't take this any, any wrong way, but there are people that are just as good as you or better. And you just want to be better than them. But there's, there's so many young people who start out doing music especially in today's social media age that are not that great, but there's a million that are so good. And you just got to find why you're, why, wow. You just got to find why you are better. So I, I think, I think the biggest great. part of that is you just figure out who you are as an artist. Early, totally. Right. You don't let like, and you know, this is 
totally not my you know full opinion but when i'm all for people succeeding however they succeed sure right i am you know if you're successful what you're doing man great job great job but i do think at times that there's this there's this stigma of 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 taking not not being willing to put in the work you know what i mean like I've, I've been very blessed to have Randall King, mm-hmm. like a big brother to me and a mentor and mm-hmm. showing me the right way to do things. And, you know, guys like guys like Randall and guys like Kojo and, and, you know, gals as well, you yep. know, going out and playing honky tonks, playing bars for five people for free, losing money, going <laughs> to do this thing, man. That is how you find out who you are as an Amen. artist. Amen. That is how you, find your demographic that is how you find out the the type of music that you truly want to play yeah the type of music that speaks to you and the type of audience that you want it to speak to like i'm not knocking anybody that's made it on tiktok or twitter or you know instagram hell my break sure. came from twitter. sure my break, be, because i posted a cover hey cowgirl randall saw it his manager reached out Great to me and his manager yeah. so like all these people that you know, are, are breaking it because of social media. Great for them. But I do think that going out and playing shows is, is a huge part of Mm -hmm. developing your artistry. And, you know, with my background in gymnastics trampoline, I know what it takes to be at elite at the top, at the elite level. I know what it takes to be at the top of something. Yeah. So I I hear these stories of a lot of people, like they gave up when they were right there. Yep. Right. They, or I almost gave up right before I got my record deal. I almost yeah. gave up right before this big tour happened. The, for me, A, there's no plan B. Right. This, this is, I think this is what God put me on this green earth to do. Sure. I believe that he gave me the talent that he gave me. And I'm not the most talented singer ever, you know? I, You're pretty damn not, good. You're pretty damn good. It's not even close. But I, I do know that I will work harder than anybody. God put me mm-hmm. on this earth to share uh, and I'm a religious man. His he gave me these these talents to share with the world and spread, you know, the the idea that that he has given me these talents and everything yeah. goes to him. And you know, the ability to just try and impact somebody somewhere the way that a song is spoken to me as a fan. Yeah. Because I I love man, I just love music. Yeah. Like country music is my favorite, but I just love music. I appreciate music. I've got a kid that I went to high school with when I lived in Indiana that is now a mega star pop artist. There and I, I like listening to his music and that, yeah. that might shock some people, man. But sure. I mean, I grew up listening to Brooks and Dunn. I grew up listening to Alan Jackson and I grew up listening to Garth Brooks, George yeah. Strait. I, that, that is the music that really speaks to my soul. Sure. But at the end of the day, I just appreciate a damn good song. That's it. It doesn't matter, yeah. right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me what the genre is. And exactly. I'm just I'm just a music guy, man. And I love it. And that that is what drives me to try and make music is is to to impact people the way that songs have impacted me as a fan. Jake, you know what I love is that is that you said you said uh you know you don't matter you don't care how anyone gets their success, but you believe going up there and playing the shows to, to maybe five people or losing money or whatever. It's all worth it. Right. And I think that the, that the one thing, well, one, you're hundred percent correct Two, uh, what I think is important is that, is that you never 
recognize that that will push you to make you like, if you can get through that, you're not going to quit. Right. Because like, that'll push your, that'll push your limits. That'll make you want to quit. And if you don't want to quit, that means you love it. And that means you're good at it. Right. And like, that's, that's great. And, 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 uh, you know, a buddy of mine told me a couple of weeks ago, he, he said, uh, he comes up here a lot and plays a lot of shows. He's based out of Nashville, born and raised. And his parents were session musicians. Uh, he's a Nashville guy. Uh, he, he's got a killer voice. He's awesome. And I asked him, um, you know, he's he's gone over to California and he's come up here to New York and he's gone. I think he's gone to Boston, obviously, in, in Nashville. I said, well, where do you have most success? Like, where do you love playing the most? He goes, well, I go into Texas and I play all these areas in Texas. And, you know, we might play a room of 100 people. But those 100 people love every single word that comes out of my mouth, right? And like, it doesn't matter where he plays. He just feels that Texas serves him the best in terms of, you know, the people that are there to really take in the music and appreciate the music. And he's like, even if I'm playing for 10 people, 20 people at these bars, man, it makes it worth it because they appreciate it and you don't want to quit and you, and you love it. So to hear you say that, you know, maybe you're playing it for 10 people and man, at least those 10 people love it. I say 10 people now, a hundred people later, a thousand people after that, 10,000 people following, it's all going to happen. You just got to keep playing because the one thing that everyone says, right? You watch all these, I'm a big Garth Brooks fan too, right? I'm a big Brooks and Dunn, Brooks and Dunn fan. I, I, I love all these guys. Like I said, like this, this is what drives me, right? This is what keeps me alive. And, and I love that guys like Garth say, Hey, you know, uh, my favorite times are playing in these small dive bars and you never heard anyone who made it big, who didn't say their favorite times are playing in these small dive bars, because that was when it was raw. That's when it was all about the song. Right. And it was all about trying to captivate these people. So to hear you say that it's very old soulish of you. And I think that's important. And I think that, that, that you want that. Brand. Yeah. You want my it. You want is, that. I want to brand myself as the throwback kid. Right. right? Exactly. There is I'm nothing better than out. getting out there and doing the reps. There's nothing better. No, I mean, I'm a throwback guy playing throwback music and I got a throwback tour bus, man. Exactly. I got a 1983. My tour really? bus is 1983, man. This thing is like straight out of a time machine. I love it. And my boys are the same way, man. I, th I think we were all born in the wrong decade, but at the, at the exact same time, you know, and I will speak, I made my Texas debut in December. Mm -hmm. Randall and my manager, Scott Gunner, uh, at Durango, they manage myself, Cody Johnson, Randall, and Roger Krager. Yeah. Um, I think, I truly believe that I have the best team in the business. I would agree with that. <laughs> well, thanks, man. And, you know, we, it, it's crazy to, to watch everything unfold right in front of you. Like, for instance, you, you know, Cody and Randall and I, all three, we have very different sounds. But we're all in the same vein of, you know, we, you know, traditional country, right? You think, you know, neo-traditional revitalist kind of music. And, and before, even <clears> before <throat> I was, a, I'm a, I was still, I'm a massive Randall King fan. You know, I, I loved his music. I still love his music. Yeah. And the fact that now this guy that, that I idolized, that was my, one of my favorite artists is now the closest thing that I've ever had to a big brother is absolutely mind blowing to me. Love that. It's mind blowing. But the first time I ever played in Texas was at Green Hall. Wow. First, that's first that's a big first one. <laughs> and man, that Randall said it is cowboy shit. That's what it is. Yeah. And I've got a I've got a sticker, a patch on the back of my hat that he gave me. It says cowboy shit. That's awesome. And uh, 
man, he has provided me with so much advice, so much um, generosity. And I, dude, I would not trade this relationship that I've got with him for anything. Love it. Love it. I owe everything that I have to my family, to Randall and my manager, Scott Gunner. But despite that fact, like, I totally agree with what you're saying that your buddy was saying about Texas, man. I have, I've played probably, I want to say close to a hundred shows here on the West, just the West coast. Mm -hmm. Right. And while the fans here are fantastic. Yeah. The West coast is one of the best places to play because country music is so underrated. Yeah. But the true country fans are who you meet. Right. Country music on the West Coast has such a rich history with Bakersfield and, you know, Buck Owens and, and Johnny Cash and, mm-hmm. you know, Merle Haggard, you know, his his ranch is three and a half hours west of where I live. Yeah. I, I got to play a couple of shows with his son, Ben. And That's awesome. Ben sick. From that area that know him and, yeah. and, and knew that family and that ranch with them. and But Nevada itself, man, this is the last of the Wild West right you people don't think nevada has such a rich western and rodeo heritage but we've got one of the biggest rodeos in the world yeah you know 10 days 10 days of nothing but bulls beer and and another word sounds Uh, like my type of party (laughs) it is a great time the reno rodeo is by far one of my favorite times of year and yeah it's awesome of playing the kickoff concert the last two years. Cool. The first year we did it, we were the 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 first act up in front of Travis Denning and Kit Moore. Cool. And then last year we were fortunate enough to be direct support for Justin Moore at a crowd. I think they said somewhere around seventy eight hundred. Yeah. So, um, hometown shows you can't beat them. Yeah. Especially at the rodeo you grew up going to with your family as sure. a kid. And you know it, it's ten days in June. And it is the best 10 days in June of anywhere I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I love it. I and, love it. And there's, there's just something special about it. You know, that when, when people think of Nevada, the only thing that they think of is gambling casinos, Las Vegas. Yeah. But yeah. dude, I mean, so many ranches, so many gold mines, Nevada is much more. And it's funny because our nickname is the silver state. Yet yeah. We have like most of the gold mines. <laughs> yeah. Right. But despite the fact, man, Nevada has such a rich heritage. I want to make sure that I can do my part as a, as a Nevada native to, to basically capture yeah. this West spirit. Sure. Right. Share with the world and the country, what Nevada is all about. And yeah. I try to, I try to embrace this. Our, our, you know, state motto is battle born battle ready. Right. So mm-hmm. I want to embrace this battle born mentality Sure. And really share with with country music and the rest of the country, you know, what Nevada's about because there is so much rich Western heritage here that people may not think about. So yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a big I'm a big supporter in and being proud of where you're from. And and you know, I do think that that Texas is the most proud state that there sure. is. Sure. And th- them Texans, boy, they'll let you know it. They they do, they let you know. <laughs> you know there's there's so much um there's so much pride here in nevada that 
that I want to make sure that I can share that. With you. you know what I think is the coolest thing is that you're 25, right? Am I right there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm 24, right? So we're about the same age. And, and what I love is that, so when I started doing this three years ago, right, I never th- thought that I'd sit here three years later and still be doing it. I mean, I knew that there was a chance, but I also knew that if I got bored, I'd be ready to walk away. And I still didn't get bored because here we are, but, uh, and, and I will not be getting bored anytime soon. It's my favorite part of any week. But uh, what I love is that I live in an area where um, when I see friends that I haven't seen for a long time, this is the first thing they ask about because it is so niche for Northern New Jersey uh, to be me, right? I am not of the norm. I like to wear boots and I, I walk around in jeans, t-shirts and boots all the time. Uh all I listen to is country music. I mean, no, that's not true. I listen to a lot of classic rock. I listen, I love music in general, but mainly, mainly I listen to country music. Uh, and it's it's not your your Wallens and your, you know, like all the normal radio stuff. I think some of it's great. I'm not bashing on that at all in the slightest, but I listen to a lot of Randall King and I listen to a lot of Cody Johnson and I listen to a lot of Brooks and Dunn. I listen, you know, I love cowboy songs. Uh, so whenever I see people I haven't seen for a long time, it's always how's the pod. Right. And I love talking about it. I think it's really cool that people want to talk about it. Uh, and I, and I, and I love to talk about this whole side of me. Uh, but that, that all, all that being said, when I started it, uh, one of my buddies said, well, like, what is your reasoning for wanting to do this? Not because he didn't want me to do it. He just wanted to know why I wanted to do it. Uh, and I said, because I think it'd be a great way to connect with individuals um, whether they be in the business forever or just starting or kind of have it figured out, kind of don't to uh, share a passion for the same things that I do. Uh, all I want to do is sit here and geek with the next guy or girl that loves country music just as damn much as I do. And that's exactly what you have here because truthfully, all I've heard this entire time is that you love music, you're passionate about music, you're hardworking as hell, and you just want your life and you want people to listen to your music and say, this guy is loving what he's doing, whether that's promoting it in Nevada or, or elsewhere or wherever you're going down to Texas. Like it is just so apparent that you just love this so much. And that's so cool to see as, you know, as a guy who's about the same age as you. And, and it's it's pretty cool to see that, you know, maybe I'm not the only crazy asshole here. Maybe, maybe, you know, oh, maybe, maybe, oh, maybe you someone else is crazy too. So it's you cool. ain't alone, man. That's for damn sure. But it's cool. Man, I I love what Morgan Wallen's doing, man. I, sure. I, yeah, me I too, love, man. I'm going to see him in May. What like, he's got going on. I love, you know, the type of music he's playing. And, and while I am not the kind of guy that will turn on and listen to the radio all day and, you know, that, that kind of music. Actually, I, I've been listening. So I, I'm a big – have you listened to Justin Moore's podcast, man? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Justin yeah. Moore fan. That That's what – when I was 16, that's what wrote me into country music. He was one of those and guys. He – and – it's funny because I'm not a big dude, you know, that is, the he's not either. <laughs> that people get shocked about. I'm about five, eight, 145 pounds soaking wet. Me too. <laughs> there and, we uh, go. People are like, Oh man, you look much taller on stage. You're on this. <laughs> well, hate to break it to you, but I'm a short little bastard. That's what I mean. <laughs> but I, I don't care, man. I, you know, short, short guys are the best looking. That's what hey, they say. God gave me a big voice. That's all. <laughs> that, that's all that I care about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, it, it gave me, it kind of gave me hope right out of the gate. Cause I was like, 
hey, you know, Justin Moore's tiny, just like me. <laughs> I could, if you can do this, I can do this, man. And then, like, I've got people that say, like, oh, man, that'll be the shortest show you'll ever see in your life. And I'm not talking about lengthwise. And I was like, wow, man. You know, Unreal. And I was like, this, this – I don't even care. You can say all you want, man. Me and Justin will come kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Justin's great, man. His whole team's great. I'm I'm good buddies with with one of the guys at his management company. He's from out here. He actually cool. shot um the video for the ones that didn't make it back home. And that nice. you know got him involved with with yeah. Justin all the time. But his name's Cody, Cody Villalobos. He works for Justin's management company. Great freaking guy. Awesome. Great guy. He's from northern Nevada. Cool. And uh, I met him years and years ago uh, at a bar. And then wow. like the next year he was working for JM. And the year after that, I was starting to play country music. And, and so now we've crossed path like five times. That's sick. You know, just in random places. And so oh, cool. shit, you're too, man, you know, but that is the coolest thing about, about this community. The country music community is, you know, that you may not see somebody all year because you're touring, they're touring. Yeah. You're on a project, they're on a project. But then the second that you can walk into the same room or you see each other at a festival or you see each other at, you know, the, the an award show or whatever it is, it's like you never miss a beat. Yeah. It, 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 and I think that's probably one of my favorite parts besides waking up in a new city every day. Sure. That's I uh, I love that. And you know what's funny is after we're done here, I'll try and find it. I, I met Justin in the city once and I stood next to him. We took a picture. And listen, I'm about five eight on a good day, five nine, depending on which way my hair is going. But um I stood next to him. I go, man, he's a lot shorter than I thought, too. He's shorter than me, and I'm short. Damn. But listen, it goes to show you you got a big voice. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't yeah, even matter. Dude, yeah. he hooked me in when I was a kid, man. I listened to him for the first time. Yeah, and 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 he could kick anyone's ass. Let's be honest. So, Shit. oh yeah, come on. Them Arkansas boys is tough. Nah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't uh, know. I I would have messed with Justin more. That's 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 uh, you know. Listen, I love it. I love it, dude. Let me sign to your music. Great. Yeah, I listen. Justin's cool, and I the reason why I think Justin's so cool, and then then we'll slide into this project here because I really want to get into it. But the reason why I think Justin is so cool is because uh, when I started listening to country music at some point in, in in my teenage years, I I um I obviously caught up pretty quick in terms of what was good and and what I liked. But um you know I was listening to a lot of stuff that you know was just kind of playing on country radio at the time, and and I liked it and whatever, but. I think the coolest thing was that Justin sounded so different from everyone else. There is only one Justin Moore. There's literally only one. You That voice is so distinctive. No matter what, he opens his mouth and you know who's singing. And like, that's super cool. So so I remember listening to like, because I grew up listening to like, you know, early on, I started listening to Keith Urban because of his guitar. That kind of that kind of latched in with like my like with my like classic rock roots. You know what I mean? Um, right and then and then like i listen to a lot of like rascal flats because that kind of that kind of looped in with like my my r&b love so i was kind of finding all these things that, of music genres that i already loved and and relating that to country music i listen to a ton of brantley gilbert because that was more rock too as well like i really like pop punk growing up and, and those kind of things so that was kind of in there but then i listen to justin and i'm like what the fuck i'm like this is totally different than any of this other stuff that I've been listening to for the past however many months. I was like, this is cool. And then I got hooked, right? I got hooked. And I've been listening to him ever since. I don't think he's put out a bad song. I don't think he ever will in my eyes. And no, you got beta hooked, didn't you? 
Uh, no, I got small ten USA hooked. Let's, okay. Yeah, yeah, and then Beta Hook came. Beta came. hooked. I, I yeah, Beta hooked. Yeah, okay. I'm a I'm a huge Outlaws like me guy. That's that's um, a good, that whole record. Was that whole record. Up. That is that is the Not, best record. And you know, growing up, I listened. My dad was a football coach, and so we would listen to, you know, everything. Uh, you know, his guys put a sticker on the truck that said. If it if it's country, it ain't music. <laughs> or uh, no, he had a sticker on his truck that said, "If it ain't country, it ain't music." There you and go. A couple of his football players scraped it off, so it said, "If it if it's country, it ain't music." <laughs> so we listened to you know I grew up listening to to Leonard Skinner. I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock. We listened to the classic rock radio station. I loved it. Yep. You know, to this day, I, I love Motley Crue, dude. I'm a huge Motley Crue fan. Yeah, me too. But you know listening to you know alabama and the marshall tucker band and the altman brothers and you know all of these guys that charlie daniels that were southern rock influenced basically that was the first thing that drew me to justin moore is it is it sounded like shit that i would listen to as a four-year-old in my dad's old chevy picker you know what i mean yeah yeah that that is the the biggest part that I appreciate the most is something that grabs you and takes you to a different place in time. It takes mm-hmm. you back to an experience, yeah. takes you back to your childhood. And I, that I feel that with 95% of the songs that JM puts out or the, sure. the Cody puts out or the Randall puts out. Yeah. Talk about two more distinctive voices. You I hear mean, a song, you know, it's Cody Johnson, you listen. know, it's Randall King. Right. right. So I, I want to have that same, that same impact. Cause you know, these guys have now paved the road and all I got to do is, is listen and follow yeah. and keep my head down and work my damn ass off. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, you know what I think is cool. And I want to see if you agree here is like, I feel like in the last five years with guys like Randall and, and with guys like, like Cody and, and obviously Justin and the, you know, there's, there's a, a ton more, but you know, with guys like that, I'm excited to one day be able to tell my kids like, like this is gold. Like this is the stuff I grew up on. Like I want my kid. Like the way we felt felt with our dads, listening to Motley Crue and Skinner, and for me Boston. the Eagles, Boston yeah, the Eagles, and 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 ZZ Top, and and you know like like for me like for for all those guys that that my dad said, hey, listen to this song. Like this is this is awesome. Like this is cool. And I went, whoa, this is cool. I can't wait to one day tell my kids, yeah, like, man. this is cool. And like, you know, it's badass too. It's not like you, you're the only one who thinks it's badass. Like, you know, it's badass. Everybody thinks it's bad. Yeah, man. That's, and personally, I think that <clears throat> country music is the most underrated genre yeah. because I mean, I've had friends that have never given country the time of day. Yeah, me too. Most of them. Because that's not, <laughs> that's, they're like, Oh man, country music. You know, that, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. But it, the right, the right kind of, the right kind of country music, man, the right kind of country music for each individual person. And I'm not saying the right country music for everybody, the right country music for me and you, the right piece of country music for every individual person. I think country has a song somewhere in this genre that will speak to every single person on this planet. Amen. Because it is, it is, it is songs about life experience. It is songs about things that we've gone through things that you want to go through the dreams that you have it ain't just pickup trucks beer and smoking hot women say right? a lot of people in the back why not country music is about mm-hmm. storytelling thank country you country music is about 
connecting to your audience with a life experience, right? There's there are some rap songs that I cannot relate to. I don't know shit about selling drugs. I agree. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can bait a hook. You know, I'm from a small town in the United States of America. Yeah. I am small town USA. Yeah. But there is a song in country music, in my opinion, that speaks to every person on this planet. You're right. 100% completely because they've been through it. Their brother's been through it. Their mother's been through it. Their sister's been through it. It's just, it, it's a fact. It, it comes down fact. to the fact that you listen on one, it'll open the door for so and many. And if they more. tell you, no, they're lying. They are lying. And it's because they just, it's literally because they just they won't admit it. They, they don't want to admit it. That's the no. problem. That's the issue, Jake. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That is the biggest issue is that you just don't want to admit it. Something this is, and, and today, and, and then after this, we're getting into your music. Cause there's a lot I want to talk about, but today, today, I, in today's day and age, 2023, this genre is so much more expansive than it's ever been ever. And Whether you like it or not, it is so much larger than it's ever been. So there is something out there for everyone. You it just is a fully, it is a fully inclusive genre. Yes, you just have to find what works for you. That's and, it. And that's why I love country music, man. That is why I love country music. I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest. I I, I don't put on pop country in my truck. Sure. I, I you know, but great for those guys for being successful. Great for those guys for for finding a way. For instance, like I saw this thing man on Twitter that everybody was giving Thomas Rhett so much shit for going pop. This man has found a way to stay on top of this genre for a damn decade. Is and not that, to mention, not I to see, mention his newest full record, the one before this one, the one before the great. newest one, Country A Side, is like it came yeah. out of fucking 2010. It's like beer, yeah. uh, beer with Jesus was back on. I mean, yeah. come on. And, I, and and that is the, that is the thing. And I'll admit, before I came into this in industry. I was like, man, like, that shit music. That's terrible music. This is, you know, Garth Brooks would not be proud of this. You know, Buck Owens be rolling over in his grave. Man, this being in the industry has opened my eyes. And I I wish, because I have friends that are like that, man. I have friends that are like, I won't give that the time of day. Man, accept it, be, accept it for what it is. Whether you like it or not, accept it for what it is. Because it is music. It is this artist expressing themselves in a way that you may not understand. Right. But at the end of the day, man, these people are, are finding the, the lane for success, providing for their families, setting up a future for themselves and finding a way to stay on top of the genre. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's it. for each his own to each his own. That's you know it. What? That's it. If, that, if those are the songs Thomas Rhett wants to put out, put them out. Put out whatever song you want to put out, man. That's for you. For That's me, right. I don't give a shit. Yeah. About you know, mildly, mildly. Yeah. Okay. Mildly. I mildly care, but I'm not putting out music for my fans and what they want to hear. I'm putting out music that I want to put out. I'm right. putting out music that is from my heart, from my soul, that expresses who I am as an artist, as a human, as a man. As and the best part is, and the best part is, is that if, if if you do what you say you do, your fans are going to say, yeah. So it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with. If you like, don't like what I'm doing. You can kiss my country ass. Thank you. All right. And with that, <laughs> and, with music, that and with that, love loving and leaving, loving and leaving. It came out in June. It's phenomenal. 
a lot Thanks. of things happened this year. You signed a pub deal. That's sick. That's very awesome. BMG in Nashville. That's that's awesome. Congratulations. It's a huge step. Uh, and you put this you put this project out. It's four songs. Speed of neon. Speed of neon light. One of those. Bulletproof. Rolling Stone. I listened to this project for the first time, and not recently. I've been listening to it, but when I did listen to it for the first time, I said, "Yeah, that's it." I said, "Yeah, this guy." He kicks ass. It does, that's it. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Right. Like it, it, you basically lay it on a plate and say, here's me. Uh, yeah. Like this is the type of music I want to put out. Um, at what point did you get to a point where you said, all right, well, it's time to put some stuff out or, or um, how nerve wracking of, of an experience was that for you? Cause for a lot of people, that's, that's, that's a tough thing to do. They want to make it perfect. And sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. You know, 2020, I put out a single. And uh, I rushed it. It was not a good song. I didn't have anybody guiding me. It was half-assed. And while I believed in the song at the time, you know, there comes a, I decided to, I decided to bury it. I decided to take it off of, you know, streaming platforms and I don't play it in a live show. It's just not, I, I rushed it and I, it was something that I did not fully believe in, mm-hmm. but I felt like I was being pressured to release music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I recorded six more songs at a studio here in Reno and the guy that was helping me with it did a fantastic job, but I just didn't believe in the songs. And I didn't believe wholeheartedly that this was going to change my career. When I started working with Scott Gunner, who's my manager, Scott gave me the best advice. He set me up with Trent Woman, who produced the record. Yep. Trent said, man, there's no point in wasting money on songs that, you know, that you don't believe in and that, right. that aren't going to be, you know, impactful. And so when we sat down and, and decided, all right, we're going to put out an EP. We're going to put out a project. Here's what we're going to do. This is the type of vibe we want for it. And, we sat down and, and went through, man, probably 100 and, 180 songs. And 20, 10 of those, 10 of those were songs that I'd written. And 170 of them were outside songs. Cause <laughs> at the end of the day, it was like, well, we got two, we got two good songs or one good song. It was only going to be three. So it was going to be Rolling Stone that I wrote with Trent and it was going to be two outside songs that, that we, you know, we were trying to pick. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's do these three songs. This is a great way to just kind of introduce myself. And we sat and listened and listened and listened and right away, Speed and Neon Light kind of grabbed me. And Scott was like, well, you know, Randall had this on hold. Cody had this on hold. And they decided to pick other songs. And I was like, so can I cut it? It was like, well, you know, we got to get approval from, you know, these folks. We got to get approval from these folks. And I was like, all right, let's try it. Let's, let's, come on. I want it. I want it now. And it was a little bit slower on the demo than we ended up cutting it. It was kind of more, uh, I'd say, emotional on the demo. But right when we cut it, I got a phone call from Clint Daniels, who was one of the writers on it. And Clint is royalty. Yeah. The song, right? 
And Clint said, you know, I've got this riff that y'all might like a little bit better than what we put on the demo. And so he sent the riff to Trent and myself and like, oh man, that's great. Mm. And it, you know, that's where he, that's where we got that kind of kickoff a little bit more up tempo, sure. more driving riff from mm-hmm. was after that. And so then we decided that, okay, I got another, everything else in this folder isn't really screaming me. And so we, you know, just kind of passed on those ones. And then Trent sent me a couple more and one of those was in there and he was singing on the demo. Cool. And I was like, let's go. I love this song. And he goes, Oh man, you crush this. So we're like, all right, there's two. We got two. Now, which song are we going to pick, you know, that I'd written. So we decided on Rolling Stone and then two weeks before we were supposed to go in uh, to, to start recording three weeks, maybe three weeks before I walk into a session at Seagale with uh, Brett Shiroki and Drew Peebles. Love Brett. Great dude. Dude, Brett, both of those guys are great guys. Brett's phenomenal. Drew's phenomenal. Well, I say that in, uh, I don't, I don't know Drew personally, but I do know Brett personally. And you love him. You love him. Yeah. Super. Totally. Guy. And I walk in and this was my first time ever writing with anybody other than Trent and really Clint in Nashville. Like this is an outside. That's crazy. Really uncomfortable. I've got no idea what to expect. And I walk in and the night before I had a dream about a song about a hook line. that was like double shot of crown feeling bulletproof. And I was like, that sounds like a cool line. Yeah. You know, and you never know walking in because, you know, everybody always says there's no stupid ideas. But sometimes you walk in and you say something and everybody's like, well, you know, man, well, that's great. But what about this? Yeah. And that's a nice way of saying that ain't worth a shit. Right. So, uh, you know, I we walked in, I gave him the idea and Brett goes, well, man, why don't we just write bulletproof? Like there's, we could take so many angles on this. And I was like, all right. So we sat down six hours later, we come out with Bulletproof. And, you know, I was like, this is, a, this is a really cool song. I'm excited about it. But Scott is really tough with songs. And I think that is a huge blessing because now I know that I'm never going to, you know, put out a song that I'm going to doubt because right. my biggest critic is my manager. Right. And, but he's also like, he's got one of the best ear for songs in Nashville. Like Scott is the man. He is like the song man. And, um, you know, I, I walked out of the right. He picked me up cause I don't have a car. I don't live in Nashville and drove me back to my hotel. And on the way back, he's like, well, let me hear it. So I plugged it into his aux cord and played it. And he goes, all right. Yeah. That's cool as shit. Let's cut. <laughs> it. I was like, are you serious? Like, that was the first time I ever got like a slap on the ass from Scott, man. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. Cause after, you know, being like, ah, oh, you know, that's, that song's cool. You know, that song's cool, but you know, it doesn't really do nothing for me. It's like, all right, well, I got to find a better one. I got to write a better one. I got, sure. and you know, most people would get down, but for me, Scott telling me that, you know, you know, that, that, yeah, that's cool. Nothing doesn't do anything for me. Makes me be like, all right, come on then. I'm yeah. going to write one that's going to blow you away then. Yeah. Fine. It hypes you up, it hypes you up right? It, it motivates me, man. It, it, yeah. it It's something that lights a fire and sure. and that, that just makes me want to, you know, because you, you can sit there and, and say that you don't give a shit if people don't like your songs all day long. Yeah, but you do. 
but you want that you want that positive affirmation you want right. you want the words of encouragement especially from your manager and scott scott is great he i mean i couldn't ask for anybody better he he is great when it comes down to hey well maybe maybe try this angle maybe have, yeah. well, have you thought about doing it from this direction and he's he gives you the tools he gives me the tools that i need without just handing me the answer right he makes me think for myself. He makes me think outside the box and try to find. It makes you work harder. Your motive, and a hundred percent makes me work harder. Yeah. You ever and, bring him one that you that you knew where you were like, "Damn, this rocks," and you brought it to him, and he was like, mm, "Not so much." Yeah, yeah. Too much. Break ago. your heart. <laughs> it, I mean, it didn't break my heart, but at the same time, it was like, "Damn, I really thought you were gonna like this one." That's funny. But when he gave me his reasoning, like I totally get why. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like. I wrote this. I wrote this badass song with with one of my buddies, and uh, and we play it live. And Scott's like, "Yeah, yeah, doesn't really do anything for me." But at the end of the day, like I, at first I was kind of like, "All right, man, like, I get it." Yeah. But now it it after I sit and think about it, and I think about the song, I think I look at the song from as many perspectives as I can. It's yeah. like, yeah, you know, this song has some key words that people go nuts for live. But if you, you know, if I were to play it in front of a record label, they just laugh in my face, you know, but record labels, you know, that's not my, it'd be great to have a record deal, but I'm fine doing things on my own. Right. Like if, if, if I'd never got a record deal, but I, you know, I've got my fans very minute, you know, minimum amount of fans that I've got, <laughs> I've got enough, you know, that, that I don't, I don't necessarily need that, man. I, I, as long as I get to play music and play the music that I want to play for the rest of my life, I'm content. That's right. Happy. That's right. It's important. And you could, you can be successful as hell as independent too. So I don't want to hear from anyone else. John Wolf has had a great independent career. Aaron Watson yeah. has an independent career, but you know that, and record labels don't define an artist. Not at all. I've got a ton of respect for every label in town because it is amazing to me for what they have been able to do with their artists. Yeah. They, they take people from nothing and turn them into multimillionaire celebrities. Yeah. I say this, I say, let the songs do the talking. That's always my thing. That's what I say. Yeah. Let the song, let the song and the artist talk. Yeah. But man, I, I am so appreciative of, of Scott for, for being so hard on me yeah. because it just makes me value the song even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I yeah. When it, when it came down to this record, man, I, I wanted something that I could believe in wholeheartedly. I wanted something that that spoke to who I am as a person and an artist and a human being and as a Christian. Yeah. I mean, in, in parts like I've, when we wrote Rolling Stone, Trent as a producer is super cool because he's been on the artist side of things before. Right. He has seen every aspect of this industry. Right. And he can he can speak to you artist to artist instead of producer to artist. Right. And I'm not knocking any producer that wasn't an artist before, but I think that it just created this super badass dynamic between Trent and I. And I think that is, you know, Cody calls Trent his big brother. Yeah. I think that is what has created such a cool dynamic between Trent and all the artists he works with, is that he understands that. And so when we wrote Rolling Stone, we wrote it from the perspective of two guys that are out on the road, two right. guys that are, you know, playing music or, you know, it speaks to truck drivers and, and military families, anybody that is away from home for extended periods of time. 
that is where that song comes from. The yes. song comes from personal experience of, you know, you know, hey, baby, I know it sucks, but I got to go do this. Right. But I promise as soon as I get home, it's going to be all about you. Yeah. It's going to be all about, but I got to go do this. I got to go get this shit done. Yeah. This is my well, life. And like you said, listen, it tells a story. Exactly like, and that song among with the other three, right? Like they all tell a story and, and it's important. And I love that you said this because there are, there are so many people that say, you know, we wrote the song and it just, it just worked. That was it. Like, it just sounded like something that I would hear on the radio. And I'm like, part of me is like, all right, great. But then part of me is like, I would rather you think about it and, and say like, all right, these four songs, I don't mind playing for the next 10 years if it came yeah. down to it, right? Like you right. want that. And it's right. important. Williams it's important to have someone like- You better play for the rest of your life. Right. And it's important yeah. to have someone like Trent who sits there and goes, don't waste money on sh shitty songs. Like don't yeah. waste money on songs you don't want to play forever. Like, you know, like don't do I'm that. Sure anybody, I'm sure anybody in the industry would tell me the same thing. That, you sure. know, that's just who it was well, it's me. just the fact that it's him that makes yeah, it even I'm cooler. So, I mean, come on. I, I'm a huge Trent Woman fan. I love who isn't him. who isn't. You know, and the crazy thing is, is like when we listen, when I showed my band the demo tape for one of those, so they could start to kind of get the feel for it, so we could start yeah. playing it live. They're like, "Wait, you like you and Trent sound pretty similar." You know, he's got a little bit more growl to his voice than I do, but it's funny because <clears throat> I can kind of manipulate my voice a little bit to to sound like Trent, not as good. Trent sings his freaking ass off flat yeah. out. Yeah. Holy moly. And he, he plays the damn guitar too. Let me tell yeah. you what. But having Trent as a mentor and a producer at the same time was super badass for that project. I bet. And then when it came to one of those, it was written by Trent and Adam Yarger. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten to know Adam via social media. I've never met him in person via social media because of this song. And, you know, he's cool. a great writer, great guy. And it, one of those is about your local beer joint. You know, it's one of those is the song for the person. It is, yeah. it is the best way to talk about who, you know, the everyday man or woman without being too cliche, in yeah. my opinion, because, yeah. you know, it talks about shit. Work's been a shit show. Work suck. That's all right. Cause my old pickup's going to take me down to the bar. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time with my buddies. I'm not going to acknowledge the fact that my ex-girlfriend's here <laughs> and I'm just going to hang out and have a good time with my friends. Right, right. And that to me, man, that's a Friday night in, in any countries countrywide. That's and right. That is a Friday, Saturday night at any state, in any city, in any country. Damn straight it is. And Damn straight. When it comes to Speed and Neon Light, man, that song was just, I mean, it, it, it just screams country. And Randall and I, Randall and I talk about this all the time. He goes, man, I almost kept that song because of one line, because it was so hard to let go of because of one line, let the jukebox Jones you off my mind. And <laughs> I love that line. I, that is a freaking phenomenal line. And it just the whole song as, as a whole is, is just the coolest. Yeah. Is just the coolest. Like, I don't need you anymore. Kind of song. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just this, you know, they say time will heal the pain. Ain't got time for time to do its thing. Like, man, I, I could sit here and cry about it, but shit, I ain't got time for that. That's right. Time to time. move on. Time yeah, to move on. So that was that was Clint Daniels, uh, Jeff Hyde, and Jeremy Crady awesome. on that one. 
Awesome. Uh, I think they're all South Plains guys, just like Trent. Cool. South Plains College in Lubbock. I think that I think they're all three. It's all those guys. It's crazy. They all they all talk together, and that's they awesome. all write. All right, freaking. Hey, listen. Write with your friends. It works out. Write with your friends. That's what I like, man. I I write a lot with um uh who most I've written a couple times now with um my buddy Carlton Anderson. Carlton's a good guy. He was an early episode on this. Way we back wrote, Carlton and I wrote a badass song in uh, November. Nice. And I think I think he wants it. So yeah. When you see badass. my name on what it is, you'll know what it is. It's I'll a screenshot badass. it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, man. It's a badass yeah. song. But Great I mean, guy. I've written with Gwen Varble. Yeah. Um, I've written with Jay Clemente, who has a couple nice. of Luke Bryan cuts. Yep. More than a couple of Luke Bryan cuts. Jay's a great writer. Man, I've I've written with uh, my buddy Jeb Gibson. You nice, know Jeb. Yeah, I know Jeb. Not personally, but he's he's damn good. And you know, at at the end of the day, like half of half of my favorite songs. Um, do you know Jay Knowles? Yeah. So I've written quite a bit with Jay. I love Jay. Cool. Um, and we uh we might actually cut one of the songs that. We got, we got, we got some stuff in the works. I love it. Some stuff in the works. So, uh, so there's stuff on the way. There's stuff, there's stuff in the works. Just, All right. man, as an independent art, artist, the hardest thing is finding funding. That's right. Because yeah. Spotify don't pay you shit. Nope. You know, playing shows, I can get out and play all the shows I want to play. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, if I can't, you know, fund a record, I can't fund a record. That's right. So, you know, finding outside sources is, is always, is always a struggle and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it, it's cool, man. I I write my, one of my favorite guys to write with is Robert Arthur. We've written a couple of songs together. We've written with Roger Springer together. Yeah. You know, we just get some, some, some real, you know, real country shit. I love it. And it's great, great music. Yeah. I've been very blessed to have Scott and Randall and my publisher, Chris Oglesby, um, set me up with some really badass people. Yeah. Like, Listen, I, man, I, you got a great corner. You got a great corner. I do, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed and, and so lucky that, that I get to you know, play the kind of music I did. I just, my booking agent I'm working with now is Andrew McWilliams. Um, he's, he's over at Evergreen Artist Group now. And uh, we're getting ready to do a bunch of shows with Josh Ward next month. Nice. And Love Josh. Uh, I'm a big Josh fan. We played a couple of shows together last year, but man, I, I'm Love. just so thankful that I get to, that I get to sit here and, and, and play the kind of music that I want to play and play the kind of music that I grew up on. And, yeah. and you know, those, those are four great songs, but these next songs that, that are on the way are even better. And that's exactly so, what you want. You just want to keep going up the ladder, right? You want to keep climbing the ladder. Written, and that's important. I'm a writer on 90% of these. Nice. I love it. So that is, that is another thing that I've, that I've been lucky. I've been lucky enough to write some pretty badass songs nice. uh, in the last year and improve a lot as a songwriter. And it's, uh, it's just been a hell of a ride, man. I, yeah. If you would have sat down with me three, three years ago, you know, when COVID hit and told me that, you know, that I'd, I'd be able to hang out on, on Kojo's tour bus after a show and hang out with Randall <laughs> King and, you know, spend time with all these people that 
that I idolized, I'd have told you you were nuts. Yeah. 100% would. It's funny how life works, right? It, and I, I think that, you know, growing up with the, the same, Randall and I come from similar families. My mom and, and his mom are, are pretty good friends now. And uh, his mom actually lives out this way. And so nice. I, I get to see her more than I get to see my own mom. Mostly. <laughs> uh, but man, I, I just feel super lucky and, and super blessed that I've got the corner I've got and, and, and get, get to put out this kind of music and really get to you know make connections and, and grow as an artist and yeah. try and grow my fan base to the, the best of my ability. And it's, it's been a hell of a year and 2023 yeah. is going to be even crazier. I love it, dude. I love it. I, I think you're destined for success. You have a hell of a corner, obviously. And, and listen, I mean, that's half the battle. It's just getting people that support you and, 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 and that want to, uh, you know, support your music and support your vision and, and whatever else you, you, you want to do driving forward. But I think it's great that you got stuff coming on the way. I think it's great that you're practicing being a writer. That you got stuff out now. I just think it's all fantastic. I mean, I, I really do. I, 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 you know, I sit here, I listen to your music all the time and I, you know, follow you on socials and whatnot. And I just think it's super cool to see you as a 25 year old man, you know, doing all these awesome things and all these things that people dream about. So keep on going, keep doing it, keep pumping out the music, keep writing the songs, keep, you know, preaching that good word and, 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 and doing all the great things. I, I, I listen, I don't have to sit here and tell you you're a winner in well, my thanks. book, so it doesn't matter. So I, I appreciate, appreciate you coming out. Then. What uh, are you are you into Madden? I I I don't play Madden too much anymore. I uh, no? I I have I have stepped away from the video games in the last few years, partially because I just suck. So um, yeah, I, hey, I I've got a buddy that you know he's we used to do a lot of stuff, but unfortunately he was uh, injured in a motorcycle accident a couple years mm-hmm. ago. So we, we don't really do a bunch of the stuff that we used to do, but every night, man, we are all on call of duty. Listen, I love that, that is boy time right there. That is, that I is love it. Time. I and love I wish, it. I wish that my Wi-Fi was good enough on the bus for me to be able to pull them online, but we just have like Madden tournaments on the bus now. Yeah. And uh, Randall beat me in December. We played outside when we were playing Southern Junction in, in Roy City, Texas. Nice. We did, we've been trying to set up a game for like two years now. That's and so fun. It's that 19. It's that it's that it's that Wi-Fi in the 1970s bus. It doesn't doesn't circulate all that well. That's why. That's what no, it is. Well, we have like a hot spot, and yeah. it, sometimes it just doesn't get great. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. You no. got you got your practicing on the I'm local. Not on, I'm not on the big fancy Prevo. Yeah. So, one day, manifest uh, it. One day, it'll come. It'll come hey, soon, man. I, and if hmm. I'm if I'm 1983 forever, man, hell, it looks it like Charlie that's right that's all that matters it looks sick everybody yeah, yeah. uh go, go follow go jake back. on instagram jake's awesome go follow jake on instagram uh jake jake jacobson country all one word uh you can you know follow updates with music and shows and, and things of that nature there um you know go on his website he's got merch it's great he's got merch go go buy some merch go support your uh you know your independent yeah, get artists. some merch we need that's some right. diesel money for the bus that's right see support the buy the merch support the artists it goes a long way everybody thank you for tuning in to another episode of the member country music podcast remember to rate subscribe give us five stars if you love the episode follow us on instagram at rcm underscore podcast you can go listen to jake cp now wherever you stream music apple music spotify Wherever you want to stream it, it's there. Go blast it through your speakers and, and do good all, all the good things. Uh, like I said, it's another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. I'm Kyle. That's Jake. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.